Okay, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to the third episode. I'm joined by Mental Health by Lee, um, who is a mental health advocate. You're currently at university, aren't you, as well? Nice studying. I am, yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, what, what are you studying? Psychology, is it? Uh, it's psychology based. I'm doing communication counselling, so I don't have to learn all of it. Oh, okay, cool. All the statistics, just get to learn the nice theory. Right, sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, yeah, so I think most of the listeners would uh, like to know sort of how you became sort of sort. <coughs> that water went down the wrong way. <laughs> Don't cough on the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, some of the listeners would like to know how you sort of became this um, mental health advocate. Because um, I didn't hear about you until Emma uh, from The Flawed Journey, uh, aka my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear about you until I started talking to her. She said that she met this guy, Lee, online, and he's really nice, um, and he's a big mental health advocate, and um, his Instagram's just really good. It's very informative. It's got a lot of visuals and stuff like that, and I was like, okay, so I checked it out. Um, I didn't actually add you until Emma had done the Zoom meeting, and then whenever I'd done the Zoom meeting, I was like, yeah, this guy is pretty cool. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> um <laughs> So enough uh, licking up your arsehole. Um, can we... <laughs> You're like, no, go ahead. Go ahead, lick as much as you want. <laughs> lick it, lick it, lick it, clean. <laughs> oh, I will, don't worry. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, do you want to sort of just... Um, sort of just describe for people why you started what you did on Instagram? So basically I started the Mental Health by Lee Instagram was because I was getting threats on my personal page uh, so I would really help somebody on my personal page and next minute I'm getting messages from the partners or somebody that they know saying just stay the fuck out of my life, uh, blah, 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 blah and at that time I was really, really suffering with my mental health as uh, I got the mental health issue through the breakup of my marriage. And uh, I would always go back to one of my bosses that I work with in childcare, uh, amazing person, amazing person. So I would always talk about her, how I was, and she's like, why don't you just make an Instagram page for somebody that can come and talk? Mm-hmm. and give advice to, you know, keep the business and personal life separate. Because at, at that point, I was doing, it was all just, like, one. It was just me. And uh, I was like, no, fuck no. Nobody want to listen to me. <laughs> and they're like, they, this is your life. You know, you're, you're, you're always helping somebody. So I said, like, what, like, talk about it. I was like, well, what will I call it? What will I call it? And she says, what, what's it going to be about? I said, what's going to be about me and about my house? And uh, we just sort of looked at each other, and I was like, fuck it, I'll just call it Mental Health by Lee. Oh, no, I know, I'll call it Mental Health by Lee. <laughs> and she's that the lady that she, that, that there's, no, there's no hiding pages that are just people's names and write Mental Health. Yeah. But I didn't want to hide away from it. I was like, I'm just fucking, 
<laughs> For anyone who's listening on the Spotify or iTunes, he's wearing a top that says "Real and Raw." So I just like, I just fucking in your face, that bit. So as continues from there. Uh, I started a few posts and I asked the followers that they want, you know, to see who was behind the whole thing and that's how I started with the videos and rolling from there. The most, I had my story and I wanted it to deliver it to work as they didn't really understand it, what I was going through and my work working in the community as a community care worker, mm-hmm. so going into vulnerable adults and taking care of their daily needs. And there were days that I was bringing in sick when I wasn't sick, you know, I was mentally sick. And there were days I just couldn't get out of bed and stuff. And so it came to a point where I was getting like warnings and warnings and I was like, you know, because they could see that I'm physic- I look physically well. Mm-hmm. It was in my my brain where it wasn't well at all. Yeah. So I made this presentation and I asked them, "Can I show them what it's like for me?" Like this, is, I I explained to them what it's like, and one of the bosses were a cheeky bastard <laughs> and said, "Not sure." And I was like, "No, you don't fucking understand. Like everybody has it, but I have it. I have it to an extreme to a hundred times." Mm-hmm. But the average person would have it. Yeah. And she just wasn't really getting it at all, like, and the rest of the bosses, they congratulated me and sort of took note. And, uh, so that was a big, a big offload of my shoulders, really. I told yeah. them what, what it was like for me. Then I ended up getting suspended, uh, freed the work and joined the union and the union up in Belfast is unison for uh, care workers. Mm-hmm. So, ended up getting a committee with them. Uh, the biggest audience that I've done was with them. My second talk that I did, uh, my story was in the unison building with like 106 people or something. And I shared my story with them. And I was on a panel. I've never been on a panel in my life. <laughs> and uh, I had to head, head, like the head head person from Belfast, you know, uh, Jerry Adams, there, and they gave presentations and all, all that sort of stuff. And I was last. Yeah. And, uh, I regret it now. I got a standing ovation for my paper and my discussion and my talk and how far I came then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just put my head down now. I regret, I, that's one thing I regret now if anyone's listening and, they're going above their means and, you know, fighting their battles and stuff. Take the gratitude that you get, like, appreciate it. I didn't appreciate that I put my head down and I should have been put my head up. And I really wish I did. And the girl from the head, head Belfast Trust, she's like, Lee, good job you were last because nobody could ever follow that presentation. Nobody <laughs> could. Yeah. That's she brilliant, man. That the presentation she's ever seen. That's amazing. Like, that's really good so that you shared that. <laughs> Sorry, dead air. What were you going to say? It just went from there and then I've done yeah. a couple more talks. And I just like doing what I'm doing and it's spurred me on to be, to be the person I am now. And then, 
up going into education and stuff was uh, my mum died. Right. And sorry to hear about that. You everybody heard. Thank you. Everybody's heard of uh, PTSD, yeah, post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Where I couldn't figure out why, since my mum had passed away, that I have gone on to do these great, amazing things, mm-hmm. and like I'm dyslexic, and um, I've got dyscalculia. So can I, I can sorry? Reading, right? Can I just so ask is, you a question? Um, so have you? Obviously, I don't really know much about dyslexia. Um, I know whenever we were younger, like whenever you were kids, you just said like stupid things to people. Um, like, you know how kids are, they could be mean. Um, but is that something that you're like born with or is that something that you sort of like develop through like early childhood or what is that? Uh, well, dyslexia is hereditary. hereditary. So uh, it passed down and sadly, I would say sadly sometimes, but uh, my son has it like, right. uh, so he struggles. He's, like, I had no speed when I was a kid growing up, just the pure stress of not being able to do, to do work. Are you, so and wait, I you were, cause you, so you were, um, because you can like do like simple tasks or something like that, they're like doing, um, like say like a teacher giving you like a task to do in primary school and you can do it. You were getting so much stress that you were actually physically bleeding from your nose. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And I continued on, I continued on at home. So, I, I, I preach now, like, you are your environment. And just thinking back, like, my environment back then was, I was no good. You know, mm-hmm. I was getting those dates because I couldn't do something. So, it was just ingrained and embedded into me that I was no good. Yeah. You know? So, I had that all, all that life living up. It's uh, sorry. It's, it's it's kind of weird to see um, and hear you say that that um, that you didn't have like that much self esteem growing up. Because then, if you look at the person that you are now, it's crazy. Like you're so outspoken. You're well spoken as well on online. Whenever you do your videos, I think that just comes with practice. Though I feel like you've been grinding and putting out the stories and. Uh, talking away online, which is great because you obviously build confidence from that. So, um, do you feel like if you didn't start the, inter- the Instagram page that you, that you wouldn't have had more self-esteem? Yep. Wow. Just, it's uh, just plain and simple is yep. I don't know, many times people ask me or emailed me or messaged me saying, how did you get the following that you have? My simple thing is, stop fucking asking. <laughs> yeah, true. Just, just do it. It's plain and simple. You know, I get people, oh, can you share my story? Can you share this? And I just, you know, I'd be really nice to them. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't do shares for shares or likes for likes. That's not who I am. It's not what I'm about. Like, if, if I like your page and I genuinely like it and you don't ask for something, then I'll do something. Yeah. Do you know? You know, I'm at a position where, I'm in, if you want to even say my career or, or page, like, I don't have to post every day. Mm-hmm. You know, the groundwork that, you, that I built up the year was posting every day, posting twice a day, three times a day, making sure these stories every day, making sure I have posts at the right time 
getting who my network was, getting what with the time that my followers were on the most, trying to understand them. I didn't want to fit into a niche. Mm-hmm. Like I hear, I hear loads of people going about niches and niches and this, niches and that, niches and that. For me, it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. All bullshit. I, funny enough, the thing I've created a niche by not wanting to be in a niche. <laughs> I've created a niche of people that don't, don't want to be in a niche. So yeah. I've created a, you know, there's, you know, Emma would know you know what you're doing. All, you know. You're you're playing a dude disguised as another dude as another dude. You ever seen that reference from Trump McFunder? <laughs> you don't want to be that person. <laughs> and you've got yourself in the niche. No, I, so I see all the you know, all the all the stuff on Instagram and stuff, and I'm like, no, that's, that's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So what can I do? And yeah. I just decided to be me. Mm-hmm. Nobody can be better. Nobody can do you. They can copy, they can try and copy you, they can try and copy your post, copy your stories. They can do whatever the fuck they want, but nobody can be you. Nobody can describe something the way you can describe it. Yeah. No, it's so true. I totally, I totally agree with everything that you just said there. Like, you, you knew my page, and then as soon as you met me, you're like, oh, alright, alright, that's kind of legit. Everybody that meets me, they're like, you're just the exact same as you are online. <laughs> That's okay. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people, they, like me and Emma talk about this all the time, like, I'm, I'm sure everyone talks about it, like, you know certain people who are just constantly putting up bullshit of them being constantly happy, or like, that's not how people live. Like, here's a good example. Did you know that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were split for a while because I couldn't tell from their fucking Instagram yep. stories or their Instagram. No. Do you know what I mean? No, no. They're, put, they're putting up with the fact. Yeah, people are just putting up the the happy moments all the time on Instagram and it's just, it's fucking sad. Like, I know, like, if you buy something or, like, say you pass something or you're getting congratulated by loads of people, like, you obviously, you're, you want to share it because you're proud of it. And I feel like that's like sort of the downside of social media because there's little kids growing up and they're just keep constantly looking at the big world like it's going to be amazing whenever they're older, but it's not. There's fucking bullshit behind the screen, like, and people don't share that. And it's great whenever you get people like yourself who just come out and go like, oh, today was fucking shit. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then me, I'll do the same. Like, I'll be like, Fuck, I can't be bothered with this workout today, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's good that people are telling the truth instead of just being up in the fucking clouds and perfect. Yeah, I learned that I had to be honest with myself and that was just due to my mental health. You know, really to be honest, I had to be honest with myself and be honest with other people because I couldn't, I couldn't have, uh, things moldering all over in my head like if I wasn't with myself and with another person it would affect me later on you know in the week during the week it's like oh, I should have said that or maybe I should have said that because I have uh, obsessive thought disorder so I would just like keep going over and over and over things and creating situations that are never going to exist you know never going Sorry, to happen can I just ask so you I a question on that I just have to be 
Have you been diagnosed with that? Or you have? Yeah, fucking hell. That's crazy. And just for like listeners who obviously don't know what it is, can you just go into a bit of detail of what that actually is and like how your day-to-day life would be? So really, I have been on medication for seven, eight years now. Uh, obsessive thought disorder is coming down to processing information. So before or during an episode, I would like go from one to twenty or one to hundred instead of processing it the way uh, I said. I'll, I'll use quotation marks. <laughs> a normal person uh, would uh, process the information so my brain wasn't doing that and it was creating situations and I passed out three times uh, from an overload in brain and it shuts off and it just collapsed oh, so man. I have had you know I'm psychotic meditation but it's not I'm not psychotic it's just the the medication helps slow your thought process down and helps you realise that what's happening isn't normal and you know you can control what you can control mm-hmm. like the likes of simply safe you know I, I try and describe it to people but like I, I can walk across the road and before I step out I can stop and see everything that's going to happen negatively like I can see a car coming crashing into me I could be I, I feel like I have like a out of body experience I can see the car hitting me the blood Every detail that you can imagine, I can see even up to the even up to the funeral. I can I can go as far as that, and even after, you know, I can picture people crying or not crying, which is devastating. And mm-hmm. um, you don't trust me; you don't want to live like that. That's that's what it's like. I, I actually, whenever I was younger, I sort of now that you say that, I had like similar sort of experience where, like, if I don't know what this is, but it sort of sounds like similar to what you're describing. So, like, if I was walking home from the shop and I didn't make it past, like, a certain point, I started, like, thinking about bad things that would have happened to, like, people that I loved for some reason. And I don't know why, but it sort of sounds similar to what you were saying. But it happened whenever I was younger. Like, now I've grown out of it. I don't really, like, think that way. But I would have been thinking, like, oh wow what happens if this happens like if I go in the shop what happens if like one of the cars just sped up and went through the window and crashed into me or something do you know what I mean like it was stupid like things like that I know I'm saying stupid I don't want to seem insensitive because I know you uh, think about it and like it obviously happens to you now but whenever I was younger I just sort of thought it was just like with youth like it was just like a stupid thing that kids thought about but I didn't know that you like adults can experience that stuff yeah uh, it's pretty surreal. Like if even even if I get like if something good's happening in my life, I can you know can manifest in a way that. How do you explain that? Even the good can be bad. Yeah. Because if something's good happening in my life, I'm thinking, okay, so this happened. If I do this, this, and this right, this could happen. This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. And then I can lead myself into this, where that's not normal life. Even doesn't have an sequence. You know, you might get knocked down times. You might get, you know, knocked back forever. Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized in the, in the coming years that even the positive things in my 
my life, I have to try and stop my thinking of going forward, you know, because it would have me going up, up on a high, up on a high, up on a high, and then it didn't happen. That would crash me down to the minus level again and put me in a spiral of depression and anxiety. So even other, even the good things that has happened in my life, I can't get overwhelmed with it or uh, get joyed about it too much. So, like, whenever you, obviously you're a parent, do you, like, how to word this, um, whenever you became a father, did you, did those thoughts, like, do you have thoughts about your child, like, if you're around them, like, if you're walking down the street or something like that, you would think of something that would, could happen? Yeah, I thought like that before. Right. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> but to be totally honest, I, I think that's just, uh, anxiety. I never got my, I never got this mental health issue till after uh, my marriage split up and I had kids before that and I cannot, I, I fucking freak the bit out like if a kid is on, on like say your work top mm-hmm. and nobody's holding them, I freak out, I just can't, I, I, I just see there must have been something happened to me in my childhood that I can just see that kid falling and breaking up, breaking their neck yeah. and I just can't witness that. Yeah, I just had to leave the room. There's that, that just that is just total anxiety there, right there. So I'm like, no, I can't have it. I can't, or I need to be in control of it. Yeah. So, like, do you? Uh, how do you manage your anxiety then? Medication. So you wouldn't like do like any like meditation um, or like yoga or like exercising like frequently or anything uh, like that. I do I exercise I'm on a exercise plan at the minute. Uh diet helps. I'm doing an anxiety workshop at the minute. Uh, I want to try and create and I have, you know, really, really deep, deep, deep anxiety mm-hmm. and it manifests itself in so many different ways that one day without my medication I'm not the same person. Jesus Christ. I cannot I get severe headaches, it's just Oh, my eyes just fall. I think there's a post on my Instagram. It's just physically how I look. It's just you wouldn't even you wouldn't even recognize the person you know from the day before of being this this the way I'm now, hopefully, and all that jazz and all the fucking banter and whatnot. To go and summon completely poor, and I just I just try and be happy, man, and yeah. do the things that I want to do. Push myself, you know what I do. Push myself to to counter the fears in my life because I know that success is in this other side of fear, and happiness is another side of fear. And that fear for me was, you know, get out of bed. You know, when I was all, you know, I struck it right back. Get out of bed. You know, set myself small goals. You know, acceptance. Like uh, I put on four or five stone, you know, for fucking medication reason and. The doctor said, you know, you need to go to exercise. And I was like, I don't want to exercise because I'm fast as fuck. So I don't want people looking at me. And then you just put yourself in this spiral. So I just stopped that and said, look, okay, this is what it is. I'm on my medication and I'm letting it get better. I'm not going to worry about getting the exercise and I'm going to tackle one thing at a time. I can't, I don't think you can exercise if your mind's not right. You can't live if your mind isn't right. Yeah. So are you, oh, like, see your medication, is it, 
does it like does it like relax you whenever you just like get a high anxiety and like how long would it last for would it last for like the rest of the day or would it only be a couple hours could be days mate what just the medication of what the the high I don't I don't have sorry so I think I should probably word it better so if you have say like your anxiety goes up to 100 and you're like shit I need to take my pills so you go and take your pills and then how long does that effect of the pills stay with you or does it does it last like a couple hours or would it last like um like the whole day or what what do you sort of have to how is it like medicated how many times a day do you have to take it or whatever I have every day right okay every day yeah every night I take it every night if I don't take it that night see the following day you would forget about it you would just wipe the day off you just accept that nothing's going to happen today and it's just about sort of surviving yeah and getting by for that day yeah see and I think it's it's uh, easy for me to take like take that night again it's easy for me to sort of because I don't want to say I disagree with you but like Whenever, obviously, I've never had any serious mental um, health problems or issues. I've probably had like an anger management um, issue whenever I was younger and sort of in my late adolescence. And I don't know, because I follow like a lot of people like Jordan Peterson and stuff like that. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. He has a lot of guests on. And they talk a lot about, and even, uh, there's a book I'm reading now, um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And they're, they're not against the prescription drugs. Like they want to see, they want to see them work better, but they think that now it's just the pharmaceutical companies are just selling them to make a profit. And it's people like you that are being affected because you are, getting hooked on it and then you grow that dependency and like you said if you miss it one one night the next day you're just completely fucked like you you, you don't know what to do and yeah. i just sort of wanted to I, I wanted to like direct this question to sort of ask can you ever see yourself coming off the, that prescription like do you think there's an, a light at the, uh, end of the tunnel there's always a light at the tunnel uh you don't want to you don't want to say it's never going to happen because then you're just admitting that you're just going to be this fuckwit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will say yes. I would hope. I would like to think at some point in my life that I was able to able to come off them and uh, and live. You know. You know. Really, really understand the way that my body works without, or my brain works without these medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that maybe I'm not ready for now. Maybe the next ten years, tonight, and sort of I don't have any shape going on that's going to spring up. I have a steady good six, seven months year here with on coming off these. Yeah, I, I believe that the last thing that I would do to uh, in my life would be coming off them. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't bore me. That helps. It helps uh, keep my brain function working uh, uh, appropriate manner. There is times that I get fucking high and stressed and angry as fuck, but we all do uh, as part of living life. Yeah. Uh, this medication just helps me uh, 
Okay. On that. And how's your... Sorry, how's your sleep? Like, do you... Does the medication affect your sleep or anything like that there? Do you... Uh, the medication that I was on, you know, uh, previously to this one, it did affect my sleep. Uh, it was horrendous, man. That yeah. was shocking. I did suffer from insomnia. And uh, I used insomnia for a good purpose. I started, you know, living uh, during the night. And I started doing things that made me happy. Like, uh, if, I, if I have a coaching session or whatever, I try and get people to find, so, you know, when you're a kid, and you just couldn't wait to go outside and do that one thing. Yeah. Well, mine was like roller skating and ice skating. I loved that. I played it. I was an ice hockey team, you know, for Korean. And I thought, I'm, I, I bought myself rollerblades. I loved rollerblading as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I just loved it. Like, why did, why, when you get older, you know, you're not like your society says you're not like a daddy thing. Yeah. So, during the night, during my insomnia, I used it as a, I used it as a tool to get myself better anxiety like, and socialize with, with people again. So I would go down to Rush Beach and, uh, just skate along the prom at three o'clock in the morning. I could imagine you at three o'clock and like I could imagine just driving along the port and I could just see this guy coming with, do you know, like the sweatband, like the luminous sweatband and like the body warmers and the, the rollerblades on and just imagine you doing a disco finger point. <laughs> That's class dude. That's good that you use that to yep. channel um, like positive energy against your anxiety. Yeah, that's how I started holding it up. That's how, you know, you have to look at it this way, you know, forget a day and night. Just look at it 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's just 24 hours. Yeah. You know, I, I used the uh, 24 hours of it. And that has created a good response, a good, yeah, I got them good endorphins again. I got the good feeling of the, the natural endorphins, you know, the stuff that was doing that I enjoyed. Yeah. And I just manifested that. I just did that, you know, at a different time to everybody else. But that's okay. Put me to that I can go down the street. And look at somebody in the street and walk straight in the middle of that. I don't have to hide it in the corner. I don't yeah. have to hide it along the shops. I don't have to go to my favorite coffee shop and make sure I have a coffee in my hand to walk up the street. Yeah. Why I can just, you know, hold my head up high, hold my shoulders high, pull them back and walk up the street. Do you know what's so, so funny, man, when you're talking about that? It just reminds me of like, and I'm sure everyone's felt it, um, when you have feelings like that, like there's sometimes whenever I'll, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's just sometimes whenever you're out in public and like, say like you have a snotter dangling from your nose and you can like sort of feel like whenever you breathe, like you can feel like shake against your nostril and you're thinking that everyone can see you and like you go to pick it or like say like you have like an itchy ass crack and you go to scratch it and you're like, oh fuck, I bet everyone's seen that. Why do we think like that? Like, we should just yeah. fucking do it. Like, if you feel uncomfortable, just fucking scratch your asshole or fucking pick your nose. I mean, what's the problem? We do it in the house. We've been brain that we've been unacceptable. Like, I swear all the fucking time. Yeah. And fuck, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I 
You're like, I swear all the fucking time. That was a good way to fit it in a sentence. <laughs> you know, fuck is just a word that society says that it's used in, a, in a, you know, in an angry response. Yeah. Like, or it could be used in a positive response. Like, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my god, I really give a fuck. You know, yeah. there's two different there, but it's just a word in a word. Or another good one, you could be like, I'm going to fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck, like? You know, it is there, you know, don't give it is there to reinforce your beliefs and your surroundings. Yeah. But, for me, if someone doesn't like the way I talk, it's just fucky. Like, fuck ass. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't need them in my life. Yeah. You know, you create, like I, I said, I've said it again, you, you, you are an environment. Have people around you now in your life that you can be true, your true person. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's what it's all about, man. Maybe I, I was Sorry, go on. Like, I am swearing all the time. My mum never let me swear. My mum put soap down my throat because I was swearing. So I know for a fact that I swear now because I was never allowed to. Fucking hell. Was she religious? Like, what's he fuck? No, <laughs> really, they're like, oh, I'm gonna put the soap down your throat, scrub it out, and that'll be good. I remember I actually got the told whenever I was younger and I was a wee shit. I used to whistle and I used to get told, oh, don't do that. That'll make uh, Mary's ears bleed. And whenever I'm older, I'm just whistling all the time, like, fucker. <laughs> I guess I'm <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fucking whistle all I want. <laughs> Like, I, like, my kids, I swear in front of my kids, my kids know the words and whatever, like, uh, I've really bad anger, uh, when driving, and it's absolutely terrible, and I'm trying to work on it for my kids' sake, and, uh, that's the only time they, they would ever see me angry, is like, but I know, like, I studied a bit of why people get, you know, a road rage, it's a, a factor of fear, Yeah. like, it's not that you're angry at them, it's the fact that happened yeah you know you just fucking front of me you bastard yeah exactly like, and you know well and, and that's where your your room base comes from it's yeah. that straight fight flight or fight response well i you're think everyone's going through the stages you're going straight up to the yeah sorry i I feel, I feel like everyone is your tension is at the highest point whenever you're driving and yeah. you can't come down from that because you're constantly you're thinking of so many things like you're just driving in the fucking car. You're worrying about the pedals first, where your feet. You're worrying about where your hands are. Like, are you going to turn like more than you should have? What happens if you have to like? What yeah. happens if something hits your windscreen? Like, say, like, say, like rain, like really heavy rain at nighttime. Your fucking anxiety is going to be through the roof. Fucking driving or not. Don't you think you can follow the road markings? Or if you're weird, you just look straight out front. But I always follow the road markings whenever I'm driving. <laughs> Yeah, same. Uh, but that, that, that's exactly, you know, you're, you're really, you're really, when you're driving, you're taking in, you're taking in everything, and that's why you hear people saying, oh, fuck, I'm so tired, I've been driving all day. Mm-hmm. It's because you're taking so much information in, and taking, like, milliseconds, like, yeah. you're driving, sending an alarm, that's much information, and surroundings you're taking in, and you don't even realise. Yeah. So, when somebody cuts in front of you, then, that you thought you were having control, you know, when someone cuts in front of you, you just, and you just explode and that could be to me it's manifested by a lot of swear words and a lot of fucking wanker gestures and <laughs> giving the bird winding down the window and fucking oh fucking 
people whenever they are driving they obviously because they're not high intention and, and like say like say if you do get in a, an accident your adrenaline is going to go through the roof and there's some people who don't know how to control that and they could just get out and start shouting at someone in the car next thing the guy comes out and he could be a fucking black belt in jiu-jitsu and just kick your fucking ass you don't know who you're fucking shouting yeah. at and it's crazy you'll soon learn not to do it again <laughs> exactly you <laughs> make mistakes I was going to say, do you? You were talking about... Learn to manage it, but there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a good fucking smack in the jaw. Um, no, I, I was going to ask you, you were talking about, like, uh, before, I wanted to touch on it, like, um, you don't give a fuck about people, um, what they say and shit like that. Can you tell the listeners what happened to you at the weekend? Because I watched your story and I was just like, that that's happened to everyone. But you're the only person that I've seen online who's actually came out and talked about the experience. So it would be good if you could, uh, well, the only person that I know on my news or on my uh, feed that's came out and talked about something like that happening. Could you just like explain like the whole scenario of what happened at the weekend? Yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I've lost, I've lost two stones, uh, and it's, I bought a couple of shirts. And clothes and the TK Maxx haul, fucking lethal man, I bought a hundred jacket for 25 quid. Unreal. Uh, so I bought a large shirt, you know, cause I'm sort of extra large and I'm large, so I just bought like a large shirt. They have and something to look, you know, to try and fit in, you know, uh, another goal. And so that was okay. So my mate and myself had been plan, plan, like for months and months, even last year, like, oh, we'll go away for a few, we'll go away for a few. I'm not a big drinker anymore, and he's not a big drinker, so we just, right, we're good to go out, you know, and see what the crack is. Mm. So, anyway, I went out, I was okay, I wore my shirt, so I was a bit apprehensive anyway about wearing this large shirt, and uh, that was fine. You had to go inside side because it's COVID crap. Uh, so, we sat inside, it's fucking Baltic and Porsche dirt. And, uh, 20 minutes waiting for drink. And that was, you could have hung coat hairs on it. And I went to the toilet and fucking came back out. And there was these girls sitting there. And I was like, oh, hi, what's happening? You know, I thought I knew one of them. <laughs> but it turned out that I didn't. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. fuck, look, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really, really sorry. I, I, you genuinely look like somebody I know. And, uh, so she introduced, she just said, all right, she introduced herself. Bad if I have asked, like, oh, right, okay, that'll be. So, I'm standing there behind me, and uh, me and me just, we, we were trying to go our drinks. And the other girl up there, she sort of mouthed off. Uh, she big man needs a bigger shirt. I was like, oh, well, I am losing a bit of weight, like, you know, big muscle, like, you know, half <laughs> days. Like, yeah. Come on, then. And um, so it turned out, uh, you know, she came over there, and she was a bit mouthy, you know, and I like that mouthy, like, I love the fucking banter, like. And I was uh, going to and fro, and it turned out that she wasn't actually saying that I was muscly, it was actually she was saying that I was too fat for my shirt. Mm-hmm. So I swear that was a kick in the teeth. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's one thing that I, I'm always 
struggled with or always been told my whole life that I was fat, 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 you're in your fat, you're going to get nothing. So it really, really, it really fucking stung. Yeah. Like really stung. Uh, you know what, I couldn't even look at her by the end, by the end of the conversation. I just couldn't look at her anymore. And she was like, oh, he doesn't like me. And I just couldn't look at her. You know, I didn't bite back because there was alcohol involved. Yeah. Usually I would. But at that, you know, I just couldn't look anymore. And they made finished drink. And we just stood up and walked away. That's crazy, man. I can't believe that and happened to you. Like, that's... Um, it does hurt whenever... I have like, and stuff. Yeah. You know, I know that I'm, I know, like, I'm... You know, going by the doctors, like, I'm obese. I'm morbidly obese. You know, going to doctors and stuff. So, there's no surprise there. But it was just the whole suggestion. Like, I don't go out much. I don't go out much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really, like, really hypered up to, like, to go out that night and just yeah. have, you know, go out with this newfound confidence that I had and the new realization that, you know, I just don't stop giving a fuck about what people thought. But, Really, that there affected me a lot more than what, what I realised. And I did take my time to speak about it. And I promote the real rawness, as you know yourself. And this is something that happened to me. So I shared it. And I tried to share it in a appropriate manner. And in a really good appropriate manner for people to understand that you just don't know what someone's going through. Yeah, exactly. Like, really don't know. Like, I excuse a lot of her behaviour for alcohol, but alcohol's not an excuse. I've drunk myself to pass out, like, alcohol's not an excuse. It's an escapism. So, she knows what she's saying. Yeah. And you know what you're saying, don't ever use alcohol as an excuse. You know what you're going on. You know, you know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in your head. Yeah. I just don't know that even talking about it now, you can tell that my voice level is just going a bit sad. Well, do you know what, mate? As uh, soon as I seen the video on your story, I just thought straight away, like, that girl has just got low self-esteem and she's trying to, like, inflate her ego and try and get, like, acceptance from, like, maybe the, the girls that were around her. Like, oh, look, I'll pick on this here guy. I'll say something funny. I'll get a few laughs. And then... That's why whenever she seen that you were offended, that she was like, oh shit, I need to try and reel this back in. Like, oh yeah, like I was just saying, I was just joking. You're like, no, but you fucking said it. It's not a joke if you've said it. Do you know what I mean? I hate when people say that. Like, they're like, oh, I'm only joking. But you already said it. Doesn't make sense. Don't fucking say it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, uh, but the thing is, uh, the message that I received from it, uh, uh, all the females said you should have slapped her. <laughs> a lot of females that there. Yeah. and the, the males that, that commented were your response is like you know I hope you told her to fuck off whatever but a lot of, <laughs> you know put it this way a lot even a lot of the females that, that had, had commented and you know very very kindly I, I can't I can't discourage that like really some of the messages that make me feel so much better within myself did you get any of their numbers that they're like you know <laughs> <laughs> that's my business 
this is all just fake. Your whole page is fake. You, you just want people to feel sorry for you and then you can get their numbers. And that would you. What? Here, did you just notice I said that? I said something that I was like, I'm only joking. Why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> Practice what you preach, Nathan. Cunt. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I just wrecked that night, like, I, I just, we just went home after that, I only had one drink, I just, I drove down, and I just drove home, and the worst thing, not even worst thing, but we went to go to the Kevin Collins, and I was shot. Fuck's sake, that is probably the I worst thing I've ever heard. I the night. I know, comfort food, whenever you feel shit, fucking yeah. just get a Big Mac. I usually allow myself two days, you know, I have, like, two days of wallowing, and two days of thinking that, and two days of accepting it, two days of talking about it, and then I try and move on from it then. So I give myself two days and just move, try to move on from it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there, it's happened. You know, I controlled it. Uh, and how is it, you know, try and work out how it's made me feel. It's made me feel like fucking shite. It's made me feel like giving up yeah. on my goals. It's made me feel like giving up, uh, not life, but giving up on made me give up on trying to look for somebody again when I was opened that I could maybe be with somebody again yeah. and uh, she just demitified like everything that the work I had done I had done because I really have bad anxiety and bad uh, PTSD over you know relationships and with yeah. females and I've had you know advice to counselling about it you know about how you know how scared I am to be in a relationship again uh for reasons of past and mental health issues and whatnot, so at that point when I was out, I was on, I was quite on a high of you know, accepting, like, you know, I talked to somebody that, you know, okay, I'll talk to somebody in an appropriate manner and not just shut them off completely, and she just, she's just put that wall back up again. Yeah. So I put the back and show. That's shit, man. I hear when Like, I don't know, I'm going to... I like, I'll openly say this, like, and it's not, it's something that people don't, that don't realise, and I know that you'll be shocked to hear this, but after my last relationship, and I had a couple of sexual encounters, and I decided to just not, uh, dabble in having sex with anyone again. So it is. So, okay, so a bit I'm awkward, trying. but, uh, <laughs> did you, whenever you say sexual encounters, you know me, I like to get into the deep and dirty shit. Uh, were these hookers? <laughs> no, no, I've never slept with hooker. Ah, oh, that's okay. Um, you can tell me after the show. No, I'm joking. Why did I say that again? Fuck! Right, stop that. Uh, <laughs> so, I hope you're watching this. <laughs> so did you have like a... Uh, with the, I, I don't care, like I get deep and dirty into it. Your sexual encounters, was it like after you were in a relationship, you were sort of like, right, I'm free, and I have, I still have my youth, I want to go and sort of, yeah, like a man's thought, is that what you've done, yeah? Yeah, and then I started getting a name for myself, and uh, then I get the appointment, you know, quickly at a compass, and then I met somebody, and then I was with her uh, for four or five years, you know, she seen me in some terrible states, Mm -hmm. like terrible mental health, mental health states, like really bad, yeah. And then after her, uh, you know, reached, you know, for the last four years, really, I think it's three years, I haven't had sex in three years. 
So, and that's the wrong <laughs> <of> my choice. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that, man. I just laughed. It's like whenever someone says, yeah, um, my thing died, like, I'll just do that nervous laugh where I'm like, oh, really? Oh, shit, I'm really sorry for you. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. that's kind of like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, like, you after you had the relationship, you went out, you done, like, you went and had sex with people and stuff like that there, and then, I don't know, you did you maybe feel like, like sex just sex it's not like it's not a big deal like i don't need to do it like it was just something that was convenient at the time sex is a, sex is you know in a relationship sex is a bonus mm-hmm. sex should never be you know what what your your base what your your basis should be off it's not how you get the sex is a relationship should be in my eyes it should be meaningful yeah. and i have a six-year-old daughter coming and I want to be able to look at her and say, yes, I know what it's like. Yes, I can't, right now, she is 15 and coming 16. Do I want to be going out and shagging women? Yeah. My friends and her, when I'm trying to teach my daughter what a man should be like. Mm -hmm. I don't, so I don't do it. So I actually didn't know that you had a daughter. So you have a daughter and she's 16 years old. And I always thought under, I was always on under the impression that you were like the same age as me, like around like 25 to like 30. So you're telling me that you're obviously older. 35. Fucking hell. Are you wearing makeup? <laughs> Only the weekends, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can't say that now. It's twenty twenty. Nah, and um, <laughs> so she's coming sixteen. She, I, I take it, she still lives in Korean, or is she? Yeah, yeah. she's still there. Yeah. Okay, I might hook her up after. She's <laughs> right in the other room. She's in the other room. Oh, is she actually right? Okay, so she. Um, my son. She, I have a son as well. Yeah, I knew you had a son. I knew you had a son, and he's quite young. He's like what, like maybe like eight or nine, is he? He's coming eleven. He's coming eleven. Right, twelve next April. Fucking hell! Um, yeah. that's crazy, man. I, I honestly didn't think you were thirty-five. And like anyone who's listening afterwards will say where you can uh, find Lee. And if you look at the picture, there's no way that you would think that you're thirty-five. That's fucking crazy. And here, but did you notice? I was telling the truth because I didn't say I was only joking afterwards. So, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you as well. Here's another question. Uh, I'm probably going to quote this wrong, but you were a part of was it a cool FM mental health charity or something, or like you were a part of like, was it BBC, something to do with spreading mental health? How, how did that come about? Uh, aware and I was, oh, right, okay. you know, Northern, one of Northern Ireland's biggest mental health charities, mm-hmm. I think it is, I think they are. Uh, so, man, they emailed me through my page. Yeah? <laughs> I followed the joke. They emailed me, I have my email address on my page. And I thought it was a joke. Ah, right, right, okay. Yeah, so, how, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how did it come about? How did it get in contact? So, obviously, the fucking email. So, <clears throat> like, you know, you get spam emails and all this jazz, like, but, mm-hmm. uh, it turned out that it wasn't a joke. And then they kept emailing me 
And I was like, right, Nigel, okay, you, we have like a deadline tomorrow. Can you, you know, try a second video? Yeah. Or how you'd want to you spread men's mental health. And uh, then they just got a whole pile of men from Northern Ireland with like, I don't know, do you want to say Jason Bolin or I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So they reached out to me and that uh, was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's class, man. So it is, though, like, I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest charity, you know, in Ireland, uh, have reached out to me and asked me to be part of their campaign. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that shit, like, that doesn't happen every day. No, definitely not. And it just shows that that type of work, like, all the work that you've put in to your Instagram page, it's been recognised by someone as prestigious as yeah. them. And I have to, I have to emphasise work as in, Work being yourself. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to emphasize that it's not work as in, you know, I have, I have to put this way. I just, I'm just being myself. Yeah. You know, just, you know, anyone that's fucking listening, stop fucking watching the people who you want to be. Use them as the motivation. Don't use them as the key. Yeah. That's true. You know, we can't, you know, we have to get, you have to get familiar with failure. You have to. Yeah. You can't make, you know, you can't make, you have to make mistakes. Like, I, I, I'm a childcare assistant and I've looked after from two year olds right up to fucking nine year olds. So I've looked after them all. And the two year olds, you know, our, our system in, in work was we're setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we're setting them up, you know, and, and it's as simple as in making a step, you know, they have one step. And they're facing fear because they can't go up the second step. So you're building them up to encourage them to take the second step. There's no difference between that and when you're 35 and you want to walk down the street with your held head high. You still have to put steps to measure. You still have to go there. You still have to do the next step. Yeah, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in that. I believe that you need to familiarize yourself with uh, failure and fear and I always like think about this one saying that I heard. I can't remember who I heard it from, but how long would you give your child to walk? Do you know what I mean? They failed like mm-hmm. thousands of times. We all feel whenever we were little, but we kept on doing it until we eventually started walking. And people who sort of self wallow in their like failure and don't get back up from it, like it annoys me, but at the same time, I feel sorry for them because maybe they just didn't have the direction to know what to do next. Yeah, that's when you that's when you, you reach out and ask somebody like where where can I breathe? Yeah. Like I did a talk I did a talk my last public talk was in Cafe Nero and uh, the week after that I had a talk in Antrim on Starbucks. Whoop whoop Antrim boys No I don't like that. Sorry, go on. But, uh, nobody turned up Nobody turned up in Starbucks. So then... Bastards. You know, I, I can take that... As, you can take that as a failure or you can take that as... Uh, how, how can I make it success? Yeah. That's uh, that's funny you mentioned that. Did I not speak about it enough? Was it not enough time, you know, for anyone to understand that? You know, is the area... You know, I learned later on that area is quite high for mental health mm. and a lot of like drug abuse. So yeah. really it's maybe the wrong 
atmosphere to go into a busy, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Junction 1. Mate, I'm from Antrim. That's why I said whoop whoop Antrim boys. Um, (laughs) I'm actually a bit embarrassed that I said that. But no, I can tell you firsthand, I thought it was for the rest of, uh, like I thought it was for the rest of County Antrim. I thought that's what uh, most people were like. And it's probably like around the world and those like small close-knit communities where um, your mental health is not talked about. And your like weaknesses are not talked about. Not enough people talk about it. And whenever I came to Australia, it was weird because everyone's so open about everything, and it's crazy. Like it's, I actually got a shock by it. like people were telling me all like their like deepest darkest secrets, and then they were like, "Oh, but I don't care." And I'm just like, "Holy fuck!" Like in an antrim, like people aren't like this. People like hide everything, and like if someone finds out one of your secrets they're like oh yes this is amazing i can use this against them and like that's why probably people didn't show up in starbucks because if they went there and someone walked past and seen them in the shop listening to you talk about mental health they would have been a talk to the town they would have been talked all over the town and it's it's fucking horrible because i've seen some people in antrim uh like friends of mine and like people who have passed away that they didn't reach out to anybody and they just didn't talk about their weaknesses. They had to put on that hard man act. Like a lot of people in Antrim think they're the hardest thing since a fucking nail or sliced bread. And it's just fucking, it's, I don't know why people do it. It's, it's weird. Like I used to do whenever I was younger, I used to think that I was like this hard fucker. And like, I wasn't, I was fucking weakling. Like I was, I was a scaredy cat. Like, and I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm sort of going off on a tangent because I'm talking about Antrim, but a lot of people are listening here from Antrim or from like a small, small close knit community know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been sort of preserved and stuff. It's only now, uh, like in my life, at the stage of my life where I'm just right there doing shit. Yeah. Doing what I want. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe in school and stuff, and like if I was the same person that I am now in school, I think my life would be a lot fucking different. Were you so always was, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because I know you don't give a fuck. Were you fat whenever you were little? Fuck, fuck, I. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My neck, you know, my nickname is called Onion. <laughs> Kids are bastards. Like they think of the stupidest things, but whenever you listen to it, because it's so pathetic, it's actually funny. And that was just something like a passing. Like I was in the fucking what do you call it playground, Tiger uh, School, like first year, and I had curtains, you know, curtains. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, like Backstreet Boys. And uh, I was a, I was a love of a lad, and uh, yeah. Some guy, some guy just goes, would you be a rookie fucking onion? And that was it. <laughs> fucking hell. My friends, mums, still call me onion. <laughs> yeah, but you don't care now, do you? You just laugh about it because that's like, sort of like a nickname. Oh, man, I'm, I'm used as a child by everything. You're used as what? I I've used onion as a child by My friends like, I sure his nickname's onion. Oh, oh right, right. Because like, oh, why do you call him onion? And I'm like, oh, because when you're in bed with me, you always cry for more. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
thought you were going to say something cheesy. I thought you were going to say something about layers or something like that. There, no one ever strikes like donkey. Onions are like layers. Oh, no, they have layers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, man, that is brilliant. Do you know? Actually, funny enough. See, whenever you're talking about like in school, like bullying. Whenever I was little, I used because I used like I put on that hard man act, but then people who could like see through it, and they like would slabber to me. I had, I still do, like, I have a really crooked nose, like, it's so curvy, and people used to slaver, people used to, like, they knew the right buttons, like, to hit me, and whenever, like, I would have been, like, slabbering to someone else, and then the next thing someone would be like, oh, fucking size of your nose, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, that stings, or, like, they would call me Joker or something like that, and it's like, fuck, yeez, no one called me Joker after this, by the way, um, <laughs> but, like, I don't care now. Like, that's it. Like, I don't care. Whenever you grow older, you don't care about shit like that. And I know it's going to stick with me the rest of life, unless I get a nose job. But, uh, <laughs> it's you, just you funny. Just, you just own that shit, like, you know. Yeah. You just own it. Like, own your, own your flaws. Yeah. Like, there's two things. Like, there's nothing. I started social media, and, you know, I hear a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm so scared, you know, in case, in case they get this, in case they get that. But listen this way. I'm sure I'm undoubted. There's nothing that you can say, there's nothing that nobody can say to you that you've never thought about yourself. Yeah. The reason why you don't like what they've said is because they've just enforced your thought about yourself. Yeah, that's so true. That's it's why you don't like something what somebody said. So you, somebody's called you Joker because of your nose and it's hurt you. That's just reinforced the thought you had about yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's why. So when you own your shit and own your fucking flaws, what what the fuck else can somebody say? Like I've been trolled, fucking like really bad, like really bad, and yeah. fuck them. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so true. And so we've covered a lot. Where so how far along are you in your university degree? So I passed my first year. Uh, I got two one. Uh, I would have liked the first, but sure, I'm just like second can't read so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. First year is done, but second year is where it really needs to be counted because I'm actually talking about, you know, it's weird for me because I can't hardly read and write and spell and all that fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And there's words coming out of my mouth like, can I go for my doctorate? You know, them, them words have never been spoken in my life, yeah. never, even by my parents, never has any words ever been spoken about, fucking, you know, you could be a doctor or do this, so, I've, I've thought you have grown up, mm-hmm. and I'm creating my own life, and with not being able to read or write or whatever, I'm using my strength as a communicator, like you said, you know, you can communicate quite good, yeah. which is one of, one of my, you know, strengths that I have. Oh, we got a visitor. We got my wee man coming in. Oh, no way. Does he want to say hello? No, he'll shut. <laughs> you alright? <laughs> He's probably wondering what's going on. Who's that fucking crazy Joker guy shouting in there? 
<laughs> Sorry for the profanity. Oh wait, your dad doesn't okay. care. <laughs> Is he going? Hello, mate. <laughs> What's his name? Riley. Riley. Riley, I'm Nathan. Nice to meet you. Hi. 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 Yeah, so yeah, we were talking about university. So you were talking about like your doctorate, and that's never been spoken about. Like you never, your parents never like thought that you would like sort of amount to that. So do you see yourself after yeah. university? Like, do you see yourself like owning your own sort of? Well, I don't know. What you, like, do you want to be a counselor, or what do you see yourself as in the future? So say in your university, do you, in your degree, do you have to do any placement or anything like that in your third or fourth year? Uh, no, and I, I was hoping that I could, because I would love to go and uh, do something. Yeah. But I just, I, I genuinely do not know what's going to happen third year. I really don't. I wanted to go to, uh, this year I wanted to go to, uh, well, for the coming year, sorry, yeah, this year, I wanted to go to America. And just go there and, you know, swap campuses for six months. Yeah. Because we had an American guy this year. And I thought, fuck what an opportunity. Yeah. Like, uh, and I spoke to kids about it, you know, and told them, you know, this is this, I feel you know, I really want this. Like, I, I want to go try and experience this. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I should have it. So no. that's one thing that I, I have a fear against. Like, I think that when with my kids, you know, I'm leaving them. When really I'm not, you know, I'm back in the full time work now. When I haven't been in over seven years since my since my illness. 
Congratulations. And, and really bad, like bad, 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 bad feelings about going to work and not being for them. Uh, so I've had to overcome that, uh, the past, past month or so, which is quite hard because I'm used to, you know, really structured my own structured way of like, this is where it's like, and it's all been flipped up because I'm working 95 now and the kids aren't coming, like, they were able to come, so I feel bad because I'm working and yeah. stuff like that, but I'm working for a purpose, so I've had to, you know, it's, it's, it's fine now, it's grand, it's grand now. Yeah. Man, that's fucking class. Where do you think you would go in America then, if you did get the opportunity? Uh, I don't fucking know, I wouldn't really care. <laughs> but either way, like, either way it's gonna, it's gonna be an experience, you know, either way I'm gonna find it, yes, I love this, or yes, I hated it, you know, so don't go do it, do it again, or don't go there again, mm-hmm. you know, so either way, you know, automatically what comes to, come to the forefront is, like, New York, mm-hmm. like, of course you'd love to go there, like, you wouldn't love to go there, and so yeah. they fucking just sit in the seat, 50, 50 cents up the street, you know, and just say what's up with me, yeah. but, anywhere, really, I, I, I just, I just would love to get out, I'd never get a chance to go and experience things like that. You know, and I want to believe myself that I can do it. It's not because I had kids when I was young or nothing like that. It's just I never had belief that I could achieve anything like this. Where now I've worked a lot on my mindset and just my life in general that these things can happen. And it's not because someone else is making it happen. It's because I'm making it happen. Yeah. So do you feel like it's going to be... Like... Do you feel like it'll be a long time before you get to America just with like the current situation. I know it's going to blow over and stuff like all the rioting and the protests, uh, but with the coronavirus, like how do you see like the sort of future? And uh, actually let me rephrase that question because you said that you've had uh, a couple of uh, mental health issues. Um, Whenever the coronavirus came about, did it fuck up your routine at all? Or did you think about the worst? That was a that was a much better question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> fucked my life right up. Like so, see for the first three weeks, four weeks, I have had like I've been homeless like before, and I've had I've created a space where in my life and home you know I've got home night, <clears throat> and it's created a space where it's just home. It's nothing else. It's not a workplace. It's not a fucking kitchen. It's not a classroom. It's not nothing. It's nothing. It's just home. And it's just space, safe space to, you know, escape where Corona fucking virus made it into a classroom, made it into a uni room, made it into quiet rooms, made it into everything that mm-hmm. I created. I built, I tried to create, you know, for years to get it just to be a homely home and it turned upside down because it was kind of bust. So for the first three, four weeks, while well, my life was fucking shocking, like shocking. I did, I did have to go and seek help from, from people to try and just untangle the, and that was getting all in my mind that this is not right, this isn't right, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, all the negative stuff's coming with the whole fucking, the corona shite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never don't blame them they won, but, uh, this is what happens. And, you know, learning from home is not, it's not ideal for me at all. So I really, really, really struggled like, like with that, like 
children with conversations that's happening in the classroom. Never had that. You know, some people that's hard, but for me that's, that's easy for me. Like I can look at the board, take a picture of the board, and then remember what we're talking about. You know, you know, thunder waves. That's why I did it when for two years. I did, I did that for two years. Yeah. Uh, to get the image. Uh, never took a note. So, I, I had all the, the tools that I learned that I know that works for me, gone. So I just, I just scraped, I just scraped a couple of passes and that's probably why I took it down to the, to the T1. So, did you, whenever you were, um, whenever obviously the coronavirus, uh, broke out, um, I know you were studying, uh, but you weren't working at that point, were you not, in March? Yeah, we started working there after the corona. Well, after corona, uh, you know when you know fifteen of July was it? Yeah, so that's right. Fifteen July, the shop opens. Yeah, and he he asked me like, uh, you know what what are you doing for your name all night? I was like, oh, shot. He said, well, do you want to come work for me? Because he loves that I can you know partner with people and you know make them so comfortable. Yeah, it's like you can't you can't. That's a skill you can't learn. Like you just have that. Yeah. And so I'm working in front of the shop and I'm just yeah, I'm tight and it's not shy if I can really stuff, but uh, just selling stuff to them. Yeah. Making the customers feel up and happy and you know, there's the refuse online that you know I get called Big Lee. <laughs> like in the gym, you know, Big Lee on. So like my name badge is Big Lee. So, no way, it's actually. Like, <laughs> I, say, I, I, I say to them, you know, one of the things is like, you know, you have to leave the customer refuse. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, don't believe it or not, a lot of people do, but look at the reviews on things. So I'm like, you know, so the next time you're, you're on Facebook or, or on Facebook or something, I says make sure you, you, you say Big League got you sorted. And they actually do say Big League got me sorted today. So that's pure class. That's unreal, man. That is so good. And, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered everything that I could sort of think of that we wanted to talk about. Um, I feel like you were holding back, though, whenever I said about your future. Like, there's bound to be something, like, you can see yourself, like, in 10 years' time. Can you not see yourself, like, as a as a counsellor? Or, like, do you want to, like, go on, like, sort of like a, like a talk show or something where you could talk about, like, mental health or something? I think you'd be really good at something like that. Out there that I would I would love to chief try and manage and get to it would be going around the world like and you know sharing uh, experiences and getting people to to open up yeah. about uh, about themselves about you know mental health and about men you know opening up and just helping people you know a lot of people say like oh, you're so motivating and stuff I don't see how you but. I need to try and channel that and understand what they see mm-hmm. in me and try and use that and utilize that there to, to help further, further on. So I would, you know, so a goal would be to go and travel, uh, like to use. Yeah. And spend a few days weeks and just like film a workout or film that, you know, things like that. That would yeah. be like, how awesome would that be? Like, I had a dream once, I had a, a session once, like, I would love to go meet my followers. Yeah. And take them out for a day. Like, that would be class, you know, there's a lot of ones 
Yeah. But yet they follow me, and they follow me for a reason. They follow me because I'm raw, I'm fucking real, I don't fucking talk sh- I do talk a lot of shite, like, <laughs> but in amongst all that shite, there is a lot of truth, and yeah. I don't sugarcoat it. You know, I can go all talk, you know, talk all doctors, speak if you want, yeah. but fuck it, that's not me, like, so I would love to go and just knock on their door and say, right, come on, me and you, let's go, let's get started. Today's the, today's the start of your new life. See, that would be, be amazing, man. I think that that's something that you, you could do as well. I could honestly see you traveling around the world. You've already got experience of talking to big audiences, which is great for someone who has dyslexia. Um, but like, I could definitely see you traveling in like, different communities and just getting those people who are shy to talk or who are going through some sort of issues and you could make them open up more and the thing that you said as well about going to followers and stuff like that there it's very selfless which is good um and you could just sort of give them that one-to-one talk and it's not on the screen it's obviously in real life it's person to person and you can give them like you could channel your energy to them more like in person yeah, I would, I would love that, man. I would really, that, like, that would be pure class. Yeah. Like, that would be something, that would be awesome. <laughs> no, that would be right, fucking... So, if anyone wants to sponsor me and go and do that, uh, I will be all for that. You know, if there's <laughs> MTV here, or, uh, what is another good Fox Network is good, uh, what's fucking, is there Down Under News? What's happening over there? <laughs> down, yep, down on their news with uh, Mr. Crocodile hey, Dundee hey, as the lead hey, anchor. You wouldn't actually believe some of the uh, weird news channels that we overhear. So there's one called Nine News. How weird is that? Nine? <laughs> Nah, they're all usual over here. They're all like nine news, seven news, SBS, shit like that. There, um, but I did honestly thought that there was going to be like a down under TV. Uh, there probably is. Someone's probably got a podcast <laughs> or something like that. There. <laughs> or I bet you there's a. I bet you there's a show called Good Yeah, there fucking definitely is. There has to be. I'm gonna Google that afterwards and see. Hear <laughs> uh, me. Or, well, or there's a show called. What are you gonna say? There's definitely a show called Sharks in the Water. Sharks in the Water? Yeah, there definitely is. Fucking every time you go down the beach, that's what the fucking lifeguards say. There's a shark, get out! Um, <coughs> no, man, I, I want to just say, uh, I, I think we've pretty much touched on everything. Um, just want to appre- say, Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you opening up, up about, uh, fuck me, I'm getting tongue tied. Opening up about your issues, what you've went through, how you're real and raw, and, like, it, it's so brave, like, some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth, like, especially when you talk about your medication and stuff like that there, um, and a lot of people that are listening will hopefully take something from it and feel more open in their own lives to talk about what they're feeling and not try and hide it or anything like that there. Thank you. Honestly, Nathan, since, since meeting Emma and I there and yourself, it's been fucking, it's been class. Like, I really want to hopefully encourage uh, other people to just, I don't, I actually don't know, just be, start to be themselves again. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just get lost things and I don't want them to be lost no more. You know, just because you have a, 
you know, I'm severely dyslexic, you know, I have a disability there, and I have a mental disability as well. So, just because you have these things that are once the barriers to be put in place, you know, fucking break them down. Yeah. Fuck everyone else. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Thank you very much. Can you say to everyone um, how they can find you? So Instagram, or do you have YouTube, or Facebook, or whatever? Uh, I just have Instagram. I can't do Facebook. It's bad for my mental health, so I stay away from it. I did try to start a YouTube channel, uh, but I don't fucking know what I'm doing, so I stopped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is Mental Health by Lee, and that's it. This is my clothing brand, Real and Raw. Brilliant. Is it actually your clothing brand? I, I made this, yeah. What the fuck? Why didn't we talk about it. that? So you've got your own merch. Yeah, I made my own merch and sold it. And then I ended up putting myself in 500 pound debt because I gave all of it away. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> That's amazing, though, that you got your own merch. How did you go about that? Like, you know what? I fucking just did it. That's brilliant, mate. I love that. True. Here, but it looks pretty sick. Like I could see a lot of people in the gym wearing that. I could see a lot of people in the gym wearing that, like real and raw. Like it looks like it's got good gym fit. Oh, I, like, I try to get the best quality at the best price. Like I know you could have got a cheaper shirt, and it would just you know do a couple of washes. But that there, like that shirt, is a year and a half old, and it looks and new. It still wears exactly as the way I had it. Yeah, fucking hell, that's class, man. Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been thinking about it as well. I feel like in the next couple of weeks, maybe, I'll uh, start getting my own stuff in. Um, hopefully, we'll never get a big, bigger following from this year. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. And definitely, definitely, we'll have you on again because I've enjoyed this. It's been great. Um, we touched on a lot of like sensitive issues to people, taboo issues. Um, but that's what you're all about, real and raw. And um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, mate. No, I really, like, again, I really, really appreciate it. Like, I had a goal <clears throat> for this year and uh, I wanted to have at least seven talks uh, with Corona happening. Uh, I had to think, how can I be, how can I pull, you know, get out there and speak to people and the podcast. Yep. So this is my fifth or sixth podcast. Uh, so, yeah, I fucking love a life, man. <laughs> so, uh, well, brilliant, man. Um, no, really, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks very much for coming on. Um, for everyone who's listening, I will put a link in the description of where to find Lee. Um, and yeah. yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thanks very much, Lee. Um, can I just can I just yeah, finish sure. off on something? You know, mm-hmm. you know, like you touched on a lot of sensitive subjects, and I talk about I talk about so openly, but that's only because I've created a space in my life with friends and you know my family 
don't talk ugly about it. You know, so don't don't think that it's it's going to come so naturally to people. This is that is a it's a process. You know, if someone doesn't like the way I'm talking about mental health, you know, you know, I've I've had friends that I don't no longer have are are friends anymore because they didn't like me talking about mental health or being sensitive or whatever. So you have to make big sacrifices and changes to be to be that you know have yourself. So it doesn't come easy, and I just want them to you know, you know it might sound easy to me. But that's because I've created a space where it is easy for me to just talk so openly. And that's even being a parent as well. Like, all my kids know, my ex-wife knows, everybody knows that I, I don't hide away from it. So, do you take the commitment? You know, it's a commitment there that to get so openly about it and be free of speech. Just wanted to finish on that there. Brilliant, man. Thanks very much for that. We will see everyone next week. Thanks, Lee. Okay.